You're listening to Veeam Partner Perspectives with Eric Doherty. Hey everyone, thanks for joining today. I'm here with Jess Fuquay, who is the National Technical Partner Manager for Presidio at Veeam. So he's got the responsibility for the whole country for one of our larger partners that we focus on here. Jess, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, thanks. It's really great to be outside and visiting one another instead of being virtual. Isn't, isn't it though? Yeah, I, probably, it is. I neglected to mention, I probably should have mentioned to start off, that we are actually on location today at Stolen Sun Brewery in Exton, Pennsylvania because both of us are tired of being in our houses and thought this would be a terrific alternative to sit here and have a nice cold drink while it's 90 degrees outside. But change of pace always helps. So, at least we're under some shade. Exactly, exactly. I'll take it. It's a babbling brook in the background, so any background noise you hear is nature. So enjoy it. Call it a calming effect. So today we're going to talk about Veeam in the enterprise. And there's a lot of myths and a lot of facts, and we're going to try and help you to discern between those because it seems like the more people we talk to, the more stories we hear. And Jess, I know that that's true for you, especially being a 10-year veteran of Veeam. Yes, I'm in my 11th season. It is 11th season, still still playing for the team. But that gives him an interesting perspective that he has seen this product and this company grow up over that time and can give you a perspective of why maybe people are thinking this way and where Veeam really is as a company and as a product offering. So let's start back. Where, why do people think Veeam is not ready for the enterprise? Well, I believe it's a stereotype. When I first came on with this company, we were doing around $40 million in business, and the only thing we covered was VMware. Now, that blade was really sharp. We worked really well in that space. However, there was unstructured data. There were physical boxes. There were a lot of other avenues that data needed to be protected from, and we didn't have those pieces. Yeah, people weren't 100% VMware. There were always other things. Correct. So there was always an avenue for another vendor to come in through the door. So it was very easy to say, well, they're not enterprise. They don't cover everything that you need, and a lot of customers want to have one backup product, even though it usually shows that they end up having several. Yeah, and I think three is the industry average because there's always sure. something special out there. There's always something unique. But you're definitely not meeting the goal if you're trying to take a single point product and put it into an entire group. And that was back again when I came on in 2010-2011. Right. Now, so, today... Yeah, a little different. Yeah. Realistically, with the way the product has expanded, we now cover everything that I know of in the x86 space. So anything that's Linux, anything that's Windows, we cover a whole array of different type of unstructured data that's out there yeah. on different devices. So what don't we cover? So I think, and I agree, if you look nowadays at the head-to-head -head feature comparison, we check all the boxes that anything that people think is enterprise ready, we check all those boxes. I don't think that it's um, you know, up for discussion anymore whether we can or can't maybe there's different degrees and there are for every vendor of different degrees of can or can't for each of those point solutions within the portfolio and that's where you know the education needs to come up and that's where we need to to get things going so i understand where it came from but the bigger thing is how do we move it forward well you have to understand what the stereotype is too first of all we were stereotyped back then around mm -hmm. 2011 and it's just like seeing somebody 10 or 15 years ago, and then you see them again uh, today, yeah. 
and you haven't seen them in between. But you keep hearing about the person <laughs> and what you remember them where they were in 2010. Well, they may have had no wrinkles and now maybe yeah. they may have some. Or maybe they were, maybe they'd had one too many cookies back in 2011 <laughs> and now today they're an active runner. So when you see them and they've changed the entire time during that time, you're like, well, they're still the same because that's the way I remember them. It's, it's this, like tight stereotyping in high school. I've heard you use that analogy before. I have. Yeah. Again, most people don't see their, their friends in high school. I only have about seven or eight people that I still relate with from high school. Right. Everyone else I remember exactly that way <laughs> back in 1863. <laughs> in any case, uh, today, if I were to see one of them today, they may be totally different, but I still have what I believe is there. Yeah. In any case, within Veeam, people were told we weren't Enterprise, we're not Enterprise, then it's stuck. And now today, we aren't that way, and most people have to be re-educated, or at least be told, hey, give us a shot, because we're a different product at this point. Yeah. And again, we're fully encompassed across the board as far as what we can handle. It is interesting, because I, I have partners that I've talked to where we're part of their solution portfolio, but they have some imaginary line that they've created somewhere in there. So it's like, yeah, Veeam is what we, we recommend for up to 50 terabytes or 50 VMs or, or some imaginary number that they put together and then we go to product X above that. And it's like, well, who decided that that's where the cutoff was and how long ago did they decide it? And that's the education that I think that that's, that's what we struggle with every day in our position. And, you know, that's the reason we're talking today is how can we help people to realize that we can do more than that. And being a software defined product, we have a better opportunity of pivoting on that, I think, as well. Mm-hmm. So why are we still hearing it? Why? Who? How is it still propagating? Well, it's the best defense another company has against us. <clears throat> other companies sell hardware or other softwares, and they know to be careful around in our domain of what we can do yeah. because we do it very well, and we have a ton of clients that are actively using the products, upwards of 400,000. So... It's one way they can go in and say, well, yeah, they don't, they don't cover the enterprise. And everyone thinks, yeah, that's true, because that's what everyone says. <laughs> nobody knows where they heard that as a source. It's like that joke that it's like, who came up with that joke? Correct. But nobody ever knows, but everybody knows the joke. Absolutely. And everyone knows, yeah. Yeah. We're everyone hears it, so it yeah. must be true. Exactly. Exactly. And that, that's a serious problem. So that's something that we as folks at Veeam are making sure that everyone understands is we're not the, we're not just small business. We're not just meaning, yes, we still do a lot of business in small business and commercial. We have tons of enterprise wins. And the first thing that I'll say is check out the case studies on our website because there are tons of enterprise win examples out there, huge companies, global, international, tons of different things. And I think from what we just saw in a session we were in today, lots more case studies for those large companies were just, just published. I think, believe a lot of um, partners out there also look at the deal size as whether or not you're really enterprise. Mm. So when you look at a software product such as ours, mm -hmm. we have no hardware components, but you can put hardware with it to make the deal bigger. We well, have to at some point because what, what are you going to back up to? What do you, what's the engine going to be that makes this run? Correct. Partners have told me before an enterprise deal is at least $1 million. Well, within our product line, that's around 11,000 workloads. 
that's, so the that's first thing I usually <laughs> ask yeah. is how many 11,000 workload customers do you have to start off with? Oh, you have 5,000 of them? Okay, well, let's right. go sell. I'm good. I'm yeah. good with that. But most of them are, no, we don't have that many uh, within our portfolio of clients that we have. So the definition of enterprise, obviously bring that down by a factor of 10. 1,000 workloads is a $100,000 deal right. to a customer. And that's just for our licensing. So now let, let's let's talk about one of the, it sound, sounds like a negative word, but it's actually a real positive word, the drag. That's where the, the partners make the money. And I think that, you know, we spend a lot of time expressing this because partners aren't just partners with Veeam. They're partners with tons of hardware companies too, like uh, Cisco and HPE, Pure Storage, NetApp, all kinds of different ones. That's where the money is going to be made. Nobody's buying just Veeam. There's That's always true. something else. Right. That hardware goes through a certification process with us. We look over the different solutions. And again, we work, we're hardware agnostic. Yeah. So we work with everything that's out there. And then you also have the services around installing it and getting it to work. The product by default, it just works. It was one of our catchphrases mm -hmm. for a while. That actually oh. came from the customers. It's true. However, <laughs> Just like anything, you put it into different environments, you're going to get different results. They may all work, but they may not work the most efficiently that they can. Very true. And having a professional that knows how to get things done with our product can fine-tune that product to make it really scream and really run the way the customer wants it to. And that's absolutely the truth. And that has become more true, especially over the years. If you look back to when, you know, let's go back to 10 years ago. When they were saying that it's just a you know an SMB slash low-end commercial point product, it was that easy to set up really. Well, now it does so much more. There's so many more things that it needs to, to do. That yes, you could you could be up and running and doing backups within an hour with a demo copy, but it does take a deft touch to make it work the way that it should. And that's where the partners again make money. Services dollars are golden. We know that, and that's that's what we want to drive for partners. So it's not only it's it's assessments that are possible you know possibly revenue generating i know in many cases they're not they're a way to get in the door but there's also um the creation of the um you know the project itself to put in veeam there's post-sale opportunity as well because there's plenty of services not just not running it you could install it and still manage their backup solution or other solutions on-prem if you have a managed services wing to your company this is an opportunity as well the other benefit for partners, again, with this being hardware agnostic, no matter what in particular vendors you want to sell, you know, one year you may get better discounts with vendor X than vendor Y. You can switch that over and become experts at that in particular product line of hardware to go along with Veeam. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's something that I think that people lose sight of sometimes is when they say like, oh, it's only, only $100,000 of Veeam. What else is on that bill of materials? Correct. And that's where the money's being made. Because we know that, you know, an enterprise deal is not $100,000. And, and we're okay with that. But that's that's our sweet spot. If we could find six-figure deals every day, we're going to be happy. Mm -hmm. We would. Yeah. So, obviously, we have a big thing that we need to come up with education on how to do this. And a big step to that is doing something like this. So, how else can, can partners educate themselves? Well, first of all, they should... Get together with their Veeam people. Realistically, uh, I again, it was mentioned I was I work with Presidio. Yep. 
Now, Presidio's engineers sell hundreds of products. I don't so, know how they memorize their line card. <laughs> that's true. And for them to expect, for me to expect them to know our product inside and out would be almost impossible. You want to stop yeah. for a minute? No, we're good. We're, we're good. If you're hearing it, we have a, somebody decided now's the time to landscape a few properties over. Yeah, it's over. time but to cut some grass. Whatever. We're outdoors, so I can't complain. In any case, you know, hundreds of products that they sell, the big thing they need to do is, is get the conduit back to the Veeam reps and the mm -hmm. Veeam engineers that are helping out with it because any question that my engineers come to me with I'm providing either information back to them or I'm reintroducing them to another Veeam resource that's local to them so they can continue down the path of education and what I want to do is I want to I want to enable you on exactly what you want to know I had an engineer yesterday who asked me about S3 and how do we work with it within AWS well, I could talk about a thousand other things, but now they've got a client that's clued in on a subject. So I'll enable them on that subject right then and there, and we may be having a frosty drink just like we are today. Yep. And you reinforce the relationship between the two because you're providing them exactly what they need because they've got a client that's meeting on Friday and they're trying to get some pieces together so they can actually have a conversation. And they need to be able to, to speak intelligently and tell them that, yes, this can do it. That. And then many times it's the customers as well that are like, wow, I haven't looked at Veeam in three years. And they're like, wow. So three years ago, I was even talking, I was just talking to somebody the other day where I said last time we got together face to face. Oh, it's a, it's a conference that I speak at. Last time we got together first face to face, we were on 9.5 update four. Has anything changed in the last two versions? So even if I do the same topic from two years ago, do you think it's going to be the same conversation? There's always an opportunity. Even if you're having the same conversation, there's so much more to talk about. So, you know, Eric, another topic that I usually get questioned on as far as enterprise is how do you size everything? Because I if, I, if, I, if I sell point, something yeah. else that's, that's hardware based, well, it already comes with a pre-size. So within Veeam, we have always had different calculators out there and we're further develop, developing them every single day. Yep to make them better based on prices up in AWS or prices in Azure or uh, amounts of deduplication or the amount of compression that goes on within in the product line. Within those vendors that we spoke about earlier in the hardware lines, we're now creating t-shirt sizes mm -hmm. that essentially, again, this is about the enterprise, but we got the t-shirt sizes for a small, medium, large, and extra large. Yep. To be able to to be able to allow a partner to say, "Oh, I'd like to sell, let's say, Cisco." Yep. Okay, for the Cisco S3260, I've got these four sizes, and they're kind of a guess, but realistically, if you have this much data, this is the size that you would need in order to be able to take care of it. Now, once you get up to extra large or extra extra large, I guess, now you're starting to get into, okay, how much is it really going to be? And we have a very nice calculator that there's a gentleman by the name of Ed Grummet. He lives uh, over in the UK and he built it. Essentially, he can take that information that you have and you can do it with RV tools even mm -hmm. and be able to plug that in and be able to compute out how much storage you'll need locally, how much storage you'll need in the cloud based on the customer's demands for how much backup they need. Which is funny because you're you're alluding to which is brilliant and I love these because first first of all I use them too, 
and these tools have gotten so as the product has gotten sophisticated those tools have gotten so much more sophisticated over the past three years the ones I've used it's amazing how accurate they are and how well maintained but you just you can get to all those through and the link is going to escape me is it veambp.com still or is it bp.veam.com I cannot remember but it's Veeam. If think, you Google Veeam best VP. practices, yeah. you'll get there. I think it's Veeam. All VP. these are out there. And that, I think, is one of the best resources that majority of our partner SEs do not know about. But 90% of the questions that you will have are probably answered out there. Between there and the forums, probably everything you're looking to learn is there. Um, but for the sizing, that, that Veeam best practices is the place to go. Something else that I chat with partners, because, again, this is all about a partner being able to bring Veeam in and be able to show it off very quickly is chatting with them about trying it out because we offer so many different ways for them to do so. Mm -hmm. First of all, there's always the proof of concept and the demo. That's been around for a long time. We have highly educated engineers that can help out the partner anytime they want with something like that. But now we have something called the hands-on labs mm. within the product line that says, I'd like to see Veeam Backup and Replication or Veeam Backup for Office 365. I'd like to play with it real quick and just see how easy it is to install and the methodology of putting in the backup routine that I need, taking a backup, and then doing quick restores just to see what it looks and feels like. Mm -hmm. Instead of doing every, every aspect of the product, it's picking one specific feature and drills down those those are great. I, they have a, well, they have a personal spot in my heart because I started them. Well, I mean, three, three quarters <laughs> of the time, though, getting a taste of what you're actually going to purchase yes. is the most important part. It isn't The POC is great. However, if you go in and you taste the blueberry pie and you have two bites and it's phenomenal, yep. okay, let me try the whole thing. And now, okay, I'd really like to know the recipe. Well, because do people buy cars without a test drive? At least take it around the block once? That's true. You that's know? true. Same but, concept. But you sometimes have to take setting that up load. that test drive is difficult. Talking, well, and that's why these are great. It's like well, I, exactly. I might want to buy from one of these new places, the Carvanas and places that will drop the car off at my door. Yeah. But what if I sit in that car and find out, oh, my goodness, I hate the way I sit in this car. I sit too high. I sit too low. You can still go to the dealer and try the car out first. And that's, what, that's essentially what we're saying. Try this out in a lifelike experience. And then come back and know that you're, it's going to suit your needs with the features that it has. You know, again, as the partner, you get a demo done by one of our engineers. The customer sees it and they say, well, that's great. They do a phenomenal job. I wonder how easy it's going to be for me mm -hmm. to do it. So I don't know if I want to do a POC or not because I don't have time. I don't have all the resources and all this other stuff. And enterprises, they have, they have problems yeah. with having resources, too. Yeah. Sometimes so, they need to do something, but they don't have the timeline to do those steps. Correct. Yeah. So going to a hands-on lab gives them the taste of, wow, I really like this, or you know, on the off chance that they didn't like it, yeah. they wouldn't go down that path. And you can see how it can scale. Yes, you know, hands-on lab, is we're not going to back up a thousand VMs, but we could show you what it would look like if you were going to. Right, and because a lot of the interfaces, though, are so easy to use, and our customers drive how we further develop the product so the ease behind it is made by what our customers are doing actually with the product instead of what we think they should do with it i agree and sense. i don't think people realize as much how the feedback on our forums 
is one of the first sources for what features need to be worked on next in our products. If, if they constantly are seeing people asking for the same things at forums.veeam.com, those are the things they're going to get taken seriously for the next version more than any. You know what, the thing with a forum is you never know who's moderating it and what kind of answers you're going to get. When the vice president of product management within our company, who's been here longer than I have, which is, again, pretty long, when that person's moderating it, you're always going to know you're going to get some good answers and good feedback. And, and, your, and your information is going to be taken to heart. Just so you know, if you're on the forums, if you see any reply that's actually in green, it's actually a Veeam employee. Right. So you can kind of decipher out what answers might be, well, I don't know, because it may not be a green a green name, right. but if it's a green name, it came from one of our employees, and we've got probably a good 12 to 15 people across the company. They, they live on it. Yeah, they live and on it, and they actually job, answer they just about everything. <laughs> they do all the organization of the different um, topics. Yep. So when you ask a question, oh, this has been answered 38 times. And they'll push you over into that in particular thread yeah. so you can further see it. It's, it's definitely a good resource and, again, something to help you, especially as you're making enterprise decisions. So I want to I want to shift gears a little bit and, and take a good hard look at things here. So we're going to talk about some strengths and weaknesses. So what do you see as the strengths that we have in the enterprise? The strength that I look at in the enterprise is all from the business side. Again, in 2011, when I came on, we were in the Gartner chart, but we were not in the magic quadrant. The, the last company that went into the Gartner magic chart was in the 2000s. When we got there four years ago, we were the first company that got back in that box. That's some old technology. So if you can imagine, that's yeah. a lot of years. And I believe it's in the neighborhood of 16 years. But I'm not going to get quoted on that. Give or take, yeah. Yeah, give or take. Say give or take, and then you don't have to worry about being exact. Right. <laughs> so, from, I mean, we have, we got onto the magic quadrant, and it's very interesting because, like you said, for a long time, it was the old heads that were always on there, the ones you expect to see the Veritas, the Commvault, Dell. Um, gosh, you go back even further, I can't even think. Well, you've named so, almost all of them. Yeah, I'm, I'm an old man, so I can name, you know, most of them that were there. Back Did you there, name back four? Then. I think I named three. Commvault? Commvault, Dell. Um, see, I can't even do it twice. Commvault, Dell, IBM. I didn't name IBM. Commvault. And, uh, oh. and Veritas. There's, only five, and then there, and there's only five companies that actually are, that were in there a couple few years ago. And those five companies also have over 10% of the market. Yeah. Meaning in global data protection. Yeah. Um, well, and then there's, Arena. here's the interesting thing too, is you look at, at that. And the Magic Quadrant is, you know, so many people look at it and go, oh yeah, Magic Quadrant, you know. And they immediately start saying things like pay to play and blah, blah, blah. That's not the case. And the other thing is when you're talking enterprise, those things are enterprise IT Bibles. They really are. No decisions are made at that level without referring to some sort of research group. People aren't buying the newest, hottest thing that has yet to be proven. Nobody, nobody's staking their job on something that hasn't been proven by others at the enterprise level. You know, the old joke was always, nobody gets fired for buying Cisco, you know? Same, you know what? No one gets fired for buying Veeam now. Right. And that's where we're at. And not only that, not only have we hit that quadrant, we're continuing to move, you know, up and to the right, where some of those old stalwarts are not, either they're stagnant or moving back. I'm, I'm saying some, I'm not saying all. And the new players are all starting to, to make grounds. But looking at that you flash that up on a screen when you're in with a CIO of a major company they're going to 
really take you seriously. And there are tons of other reports, IDC and other things, that are going to allow you to be taken seriously. So there are three things that I really, I really chat with customers about of why Veeam. And I'm not sure that's the exact question, but that's kind of where you were with this topic. Yeah. Um, the first one is we innovate what our customers want, not necessarily what the industry demands. And the mm -hmm. reason why that is is because we have three founders that are that have owned the company forever and we, yep. we were acquired yeah but those three founders are still with us the ceo is still one of those yep. founders the other two are actually consultants with the Consultant, company they're still on the board i can't remember they're, but they're still all yeah, there there's influence there still they just don't have a physical stake in the game at this point right and with that that kind of luxury of having a ceo there we can continue to innovate and we're still driven to move forward mm -hmm. and we'll just continue to grow our growth charts on Gartner are still going up yep. and IDC so I expect to see the next round of those be positive as well because we've, we've done nothing but add more right. enterprise grade features you know we, we started we we started touching cloud clouds always the big one if you're, if you're doing something in the cloud you're immediately going to get marked up we are adding more cloud capabilities and features every year the last thing is understand almost all backups are done through APIs Mm -hmm. And back again in 2006, 2007, when all this got started with Veeam, it was not looked at as the way to do it. Mm -hmm. We were innovative. Um, our founders saw a new methodology of getting things done. And now today, the API-based backup is actually a table stake. So when somebody wants me to compare us against somebody else, well, the backups are pretty much the same because the API set is the same that you're programming off of. Yep. So I don't know there's as much difference. It's how you store the data and what kind of recoverability do you have for your customers when disaster strikes? That's really where it all matters, isn't it? It's about, oh, it's not, it's all about the recovery. It has to do with recovery. We call it backup, but it's all about the recovery. Now, I realize the customer <laughs> may look at that because they have the backup every single day. Right. But the ultimate thing for the business is, okay, can I audit and make sure that I know the backups are being taken well? Yep. And that's putting in our Veeam 1 product that, that goes along with the suite of the, of the backup product. But then, can I actually do the restore when it happens? Because yep. that's when your letter grade comes. When yep. Brian can't get his file, and it takes you one minute, five minutes, uh, three hours, or one day or it can't be done at all. That's well, your ABCDF. Well, you hit on an interesting thing as well because something that enterprises have much more so than when you're talking about smaller businesses is SLAs with their own community, with their own users, end users. So these IT departments have SLAs with those departments. How long can it contractually take me to restore those files? They need something they know is going to be able to restore it same time, every time, successfully. And that's really, that's really where things, that's where the products start to differentiate themselves. Yeah. So when you're scaling the product out for an enterprise, again with the calculators, mm -hmm. we can make an environment as large as, or as small as is, as is needed. And we have the ability to be able to, to back up both locally yeah. and up into the cloud. And we can also take tertiary spots to be able to move that data out there. So the scalability, as long as you do the calculations properly, Again, you can provide the hardware that will take care of it for an enterprise customer. It's all about options, and I, I feel that's what enterprise looks for the most, is options. Don't lock me into anything, which is kind of interesting, because I see some competitors out there that are all about, you know, they're trying to be about options now because they're trying to go more upmarket, 
but they really are hardware locked or solution centric to themselves or proprietary. Um, so I'm seeing some of that as well, which, you know, they could call a strength, they could call a weakness. It's all one system. I guess it depends on your perspective. I mean, I, I start to think, and my, own, but my biggest weakness that I see for Veeam in the enterprise right now is that perpetuating myth that we are working so hard to end that fortunately is getting better every day. That's true. And that is the entire stereotype that sits over the product. Yep. So hopefully we spent some time here today and been able to dispel that myth for you, giving you some information that will help you to not be one of those folks carrying on that myth. But Jess, I really thank you for joining me today. Unfortunately, it looks like some clouds are rolling in. We may have to uh, head indoors. I hope not because it's really nice out here now. I think but, the number one thing I want to I want yeah, let the audience parting thoughts. let the audience know <laughs> is if for some reason you think we can't do it, call somebody at Veeam and give us one shot. You got this great big account, give us a shot and if we fail, then fine. But I don't think that's going to happen. Don't assume. It's not going to happen today. I, I wholeheartedly agree, and I'm glad you said that. So partner community, talk to your partner teams at Veeam for any opportunity, big or small. We can cover it, especially we want to talk to you about these enterprise opportunities because we want to help you succeed with Veeam out there. Eric, thanks for the time today. Oh, no, thank you. I'm so glad we could do this, and uh, I appreciate it, and we will catch up again soon. This has been Veeam Partner Perspectives with Eric Doherty. Thank you for listening.